gentlemen, court is now in session. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Devil's Due. I am your host, Carl Duty. With me, as always, is the man who licked his Breath of the Wild cartridge and then had a vision quest guided by his spirit animal that was voiced by Johnny Cash, Mr. Drew Celestino. To be clear, I did not do that, uh, but I did trick a friend into doing it. How'd that go? He said it was awful. <laughs> that's, that's by all accounts, it's it's it it starts at the tip of the tongue where you first you know taste it. Yeah, and it travels back Ooh. to like the back of your throat. Ooh, yeah. Apparently, oh. it's pretty bad. Well, here we are, folks. New episode. We are um, S day plus four plus three switch day plus three is that that's our parlance okay i'll take it <laughs> um drew is here with us as you know what coming in this week it was gonna be 50 50 i was expecting to get the text be like dude no show this week i'm breath of firing or breath of the wilding whatever what do you think i'm doing after this <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair it is kind of remarkable that uh given the nature of the switch I'm not sitting here playing it right now that, while we're doing the show. <laughs> that is true. So that being said, I think I know the answer to this. Drew, how was your week? Week was good. Week was good. Friday was a big, big... I was waiting to come home and I was on pins and needles all day because uh, the morning I woke up and I got I got to work and I checked my, my Amazon status and the three greatest words in the English language, my friend... Out for delivery. <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah, got home and uh, it was it was go time, but it wasn't go time no. exactly. So I got home. Not one, but both of my Nintendo Switches arrived. Ah, and uh, after taking inventory and making sure everything was there in contained in said boxes from Amazon and Target, I proceeded to uh, do the unboxing video, which I shared on our Facebook page. And You're welcome. I appreciate you doing that. Some some people uh, seem to dig that. Um, I did the initial setup of the system, so just quick date and time settings, internet yep. can connect my my home network, and I just fiddled with it for about thirty minutes or so, yeah. maybe forty, maybe fifty, and then we went. To, uh, I had to put it down. Put I had to put her down, dude, and uh, took uh, took my leave and went out to uh, the beer event in East Aurora that I talked about last week at Forty Two North. How was it that? was great. Uh, Collins beer turned out fantastic and the event seemed to be well received by all accounts. So, uh, he's moving up in the beer ranks, it seems, nice. or at least, uh, you know, it seems that way anyway. So hopefully he doesn't forget us little guys when he's, uh, you know, make shaking hands and kissing babies and all that stuff in the beer community. So, uh, it was good. But when I got home, uh, it was go time for the legend of Zelda. Yes. Breath which, of the wild, which you will discuss more of. Later on in the show, yeah, uh, that's that's section. the bulk of the week. So that's yeah, we'll get to we'll, we'll get to that. I'm trying to think of anything else of consequence happened this week, and I'm coming up empty. Uh, Zelda dominated most of my time. Uh, WWE wasted most of my time on Sunday, <laughs> uh, as they uh, are proving once again <laughs> that uh, remember what I said about content not mattering. Yep. Yeah. We're we're in WrestleMania season, so it matters even less. Mm. Sorry, guys who work here every day of the year. It's Mania season. Make way for the old part timers. <laughs> I 
Yeah, uh, WrestleMania is in March, right? It's this month. It, uh, blah, 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 blah. It's it, it's either the end of this month or early April. It's the it's the next. It is the next event. Yeah. Anyway, and I couldn't care less. I've never thought I'd say that about a WrestleMania, but last year tested my patience. This year is officially putting it over the top. WrestleMania is not for me. It is not for wrestling fans. It is for the casual audience that just wants to talk about stuff at the water cooler. Are you really a casual viewer if you're plopping down like 60 bucks for a pay-per-view? 10 bucks for the network, my friend. You don't have to plop down that 60 bucks. Mm, okay. And you can cancel it anytime. So if you know how to work it, you just sign up, cancel the next day. Gotcha. Which is silly because the content you do get on the network is ample. I mean, if you're into wrestling, even yeah. old wrestling, mm-hmm. 10 bucks a month is, is nothing for what you get. But in any case, uh, that is... Of the week. All right. Yeah, that's because well, we're, we're going to talk more about it. So. Yeah, yeah. You, sir. Okay, uh, Friday night, we did a game night at my place. Um, Alan came over, and, and poor Alan. Did he regain his mojo? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. He thought he had. Yeah. But he misread a card, and then immediately was reminded that he still does not have his mojo, which apparently is spilling out into other aspects of his life. Oh, no. Because, like, you and I have been privy to the saga of Alan waiting for his switch. Yeah. Um, Like, most people got theirs Friday. You got two on Friday. Sure did. From Target. Well, one from Target. Uh, And... Alan just got his yesterday, which was Monday. Monday, yeah, and just got his Breath of the Wild today, yeah. So not only has he been castrated in a board game sense, but <laughs> by your wife, lest lest us remind him, yeah. Um, but he's been made to suffer for the Switch, which is unfortunate. Uh, but we, yeah, we played Tiny Epic Galaxies again. I won again. Um, then we played City of Iron, which might be my current favorite game. Okay. Which is frustrating because it's a Ryan uh, Lockett game, and typically his games are only four players, and it seems like I can't just get four people like we always run over. And, and that's fine. We get to yeah. play other games. That's fun. But it's just like that, uh, dude, can you throw like a fifth or sixth player in there? Is there an expansion we can get here? Come on now. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So, that was Friday. Uh, Saturday, I went to the shop and picked up my books. Um, Weekend was kind of just uneventful. Okay. Just kind of hanging out with the boy and whatnot and the wife. Um, Last night, and we'll get to this in... Uh, our review portion, which is going to be hefty. Uh, fair warning, folks. It's going to be a hefty show this week, but it's going to eh. be a quality show. Um, we hope. I saw Logan last night. Oh, I, I left out my own video game joy that's been happening. Wow. The show is just scattershot yeah, today. It's okay. Totally. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn for the PlayStation uh, 4. Ah, yes. is freaking fantastic. I hear it's good. It's so freaking good. Unfortunately, and no one seems to agree with me, but I think it's going to be one of those really great games that gets forgotten because of Breath of the Hype and the reviews and all the good press on Breath of the Wild, which it's due. It's due. Oh, it's due. Sorry. Um, 
But I think, yeah, I think Horizon's going to get kind of overshadowed by that. But it's so freaking good. Cool. It's so big, and there's so much to do. Kind of sounds like Zelda. It It is very <laughs> akin to Zelda. Yeah? With it's, robot dinosaurs. With robot dinosaurs, um, kind of a grittier look to it than Zelda has. Well, yeah, obviously. Um, but, like... Just like forty five minutes into the game, I'm already rolling a tear because just the <laughs> way they're portraying the characters. I'm like, I mean, now granted, I'm an easy cry. We've had this discussion before, uh-huh. um, but it's just it's freaking fantastic. I will have to investigate further once I have some free time, which I think it's gonna be a while. <laughs> yeah, a couple months at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, and then last night went and saw Logan. We're gonna get. More into that? You want to do it now? Or you want to do it later? We're going to sure. do it in the review section because okay. I'm planning on um, going to see it yes, next week. It will be a spoiler-free review. Okay. All right. Um, but yeah. So okay. All right. Those are the weeks. Yeah. That's... Dear listeners, we love to hear from you. We heard from a lot of you this week, and we love it. If you want to reach out to us, tell us about your week, ask us some questions, make some suggestions for the show, you can do so at the following social media outlets. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Do Pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources at the Devil's Do Podcast.com. Now, Drew, we have some listener questions, so let's get to our cross-examination. Bring them on. Our first listener question is a new contributor to the show. Ooh. Um, a bit on the younger side. Uh-oh. This is a son of my friend, Brian. Okay. Uh, his name is Brendan Budnick. Is he related to Bobby Budnick? No. Oh. Damn. I don't think so. Does he have a friend named Donkey Lips? Once again, I don't think so. Okay. But fun fact about Brian, he once played hockey with Brooks Orpik in a youth league. Oh. Yeah. How do you like that? Yeah. My cousin played against Patrick Kane. Said he was a dick. Not much of a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. So. Yes. His question. Yes. Hey, Carl and Drew. Hi. Started watching your pod, and I'm really impressed. So are we, since you're watching it. Yeah. It's tell pretty- us how to watch it. We want to watch it, too. I haven't checked the room for cameras yeah it uh, could be in here it's a possibility anyway my question is if you could develop your own superhero team like the avengers or defenders what heroes would be on it and who would you cast as those characters Hmm. Hmm. well interesting interesting question see who would I put on a team? That's kind of a creative. Yeah. That's a creative. I guess, he, I guess he's asking for a movie. Okay. Well, this is this is rather difficult. I'm yeah. caught off guard here. So much to choose from. There is. There really is. How awesome would a new Fantastic Four movie be? It would be good. I mean, I mean no, no, not like a brand new Fantastic Four movie. I mean, the new Fantastic Four. Oh, the movie. Yeah. That, from that two issue stint when Hulk, Spider Man, Spider Man, Wolverine, yeah. and Ghost Rider. It was actually Professor Hulk. No, he was. That was, uh, it was Professor Hulk. Nope. Wasn't Professor Hulk. It was Professor was, Hulk. It was not Professor Hulk. It was before they did the merge. Yeah. To the look phone up I on go. It. Go ahead. Look up on the phone. I will look up on the phone. It was but, he was doing the whole Joe Fix It thing. How about you cast that for me? Um 
Well, I mean, get your uh, get your Tom Holland as Spider Man. You're gonna stick with the with the existing. Yeah, might okay. as well. Mark Ruffalo as Hulk. Uh, you know what? I had someone for Danny Catch Ghost Rider. I can't remember. It was the Great Hulk. I told you, man. My my memory lied to me. Damn huh. straight. What else am I? What else am I wrong about? Nothing. The answer is nothing. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, no, I don't know. I think, um, I can't, damn, I had, I was, I thought that, uh, Norman Reedus would make a good Johnny Blaze, hmm. um, but I'm not sure, I can't A little remember. old now. I had, well, Johnny Blaze is, it should oh, not be portrayed as a young guy. Oh, you're right. No, what, you know what, that's absolutely, I got, I thought you meant Johnny Storm, and I was like, wait yeah. a minute. Yes, no, that's actually, that's good. That'd like be that. good. Um, yeah, I'm not sure as far as casting goes, but like I think Brendan's asking us like if we were to kind of make our own team. I think a Spidey Wolverine team up movie would be fun with Hugh Jackman and Tom Holland. Yeah, you get that's kind of just apply the uh the buddy cop yeah. formula to that. Sure. Um we've already got the Avengers, so that's that's off the table. Um teams are already kind of in existence, so it's hard for me to really uh pinpoint yeah. how I would pull off a team that doesn't exist. Yeah, I don't know. Tough call. Kind of kind of make your own team. Call them the champions of Drew. Oh, well, in that case, uh, yeah, we're going to put Daredevil on the team, and he can he can hang out with Spidey. Sp- Spider-Man's got to be involved, I think, <laughs> is, the, is, is the real point here. Spider-Man, Daredevil, Iron Fist, uh, Luke Cage... And uh, for some reason, I just can't shake this. I want to see Wolverine in, in this in this mix for, for for some reason. All right, throw all those guys together and have them have a little adventure. Okay, with with their current cast. Yes, everyone is well cast in those roles. Alrighty, cool. Basically, here's the stuff I like. Put it together. yeah, put it together. Everything I like, just kind of throw it together. Yeah, and put it together, me, and I'm give happy. Me something to fight. Sure, and then Groot shows up, and it's cool. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a. Uh... I think I'm going to go the heavy hitters route. Okay. Uh, the team would just be called, like, you know, uh, Destruction Inc. But okay. something tells me that's Damaging? already been team. No, not Damaging. Destruction Inc. Oh, okay. Hulk, Groot, Thing, and let's see, we need fourth here to kind of Juggernaut. Okay. We're going to find a way to get Juggernaut to. We're going to recast the Juggernaut? Yeah. You know what? No. No, because the the visual was not done well, but I think the casting <laughs> was spot on. Okay. So we're going with the Scottish juggernaut. Yeah, why not? All right. It's all right. Brendan, thank you very much for your question. We appreciate it. Anytime. Thank send you another for one. supporting the show. Yep. Tell your friends. Uh, we have another question from Mr. Tom Fenzel. All who, right. Who has sent in questions previously. Yes, he has. First off, thanks for recommending Voltron on Netflix. I don't remember watching it as a child, but I enjoyed the new version. You're welcome, Tom. There Glad you go. to see that you're keeping up with Voltron, unlike some other people. Hey, man, time is short. I got to switch now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, question for us both. If you could take a DC character and use them in a Marvel Cinematic Universe, who would it be, and how would they advance the story into a new phase for Marvel? Whoa, read the, say that again. If you could take a DC character... Oh. And use them oh. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Who would it be and 
how would they advance the story into the new phase for Marvel? Oh, that's, and also that, vice versa for a Marvel character in the DC. Wow. Well, okay. I'm going to go deep cut on mine. Okay. I'm going to take Phantom Stranger. You're not kidding when you say deep. I'm going to take <laughs> Phantom Stranger from DC and move him into Marvel because we have someone who can walk between realities and someone who is a almost a watcher-like presence, which uh, Marvel has been uh, lacking okay. in these films. Of course, you never know for any war what deal might be struck. You never I, know. I don't know where the watcher resides. If he's at Fox, if he's at Marvel, I, would, I, I don't know. I would know. assume he's part of the Fantastic Four deal. But yeah, and I would again. take yeah, I would take a Phantom Stranger, and just kind of have him be that you know guide that you kind of have to follow, but he doesn't tell you everything. Hmm. I think that would be an interesting little little quip. Okay. What about you? Um, I'm gonna go all in. Uh, I want Superman to show up in the Marvel films. Really? Yeah. I think Marvel would write him better and actually know what to do with him and not make him into a dark, tortured jerk. <laughs> They'd actually let him be, you know, the way he's supposed to be. Beacon of hope, beacon of light, guy who cracks a smile once in a while. And integrating that into the next phase of the movies, the Marvel uh, films, you know, they're, the public is now kind of aware of the super people, but yeah. they're still not, No, no one of them is like, as omnipotent as Superman. True. I think that would be kind of a game changer in the Marvel yeah. Cinematic Universe to have a character like that. Yeah. I think I think you raise a valid point there. So who would you take from Marvel and put into DC? Who would I put from Marvel into DC? Um, uh, I don't want anyone to go over there because they're all... See, the dogs don't want that either. Um, it's a dark, it's a dark and, and scary place. Um, they, we would need someone to go over there and kind of sprinkle some sunshine. It, it could use some hope, some beacon of light. It could use some Captain America. I was just about to say, yeah, Cap would have to show up and kind of like give everyone a very stern talking to over over their actions. Yeah, and, and straighten everybody out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And Huey agrees with me. Of course. Dogs always agree. Okay. Drew. Yes. What is the smallest batch size you did for brewing? What is the largest? Ah, okay. Any recommendations for upscaling a recipe? Ah. I have done a one-gallon batch and want to perfect the recipe by the 4th of July to be able to keg it. Okay. Um, Is that the whole question? Is it more? Um, also, would you ever be interested in doing a homebrew trade? Ooh. you know what that is. Yeah, I we can swap, some, swap, uh, swap our wares. Uh, yes, I would be interested. Um, it might... Uh, I, I'm, I have to check my inventory and see what I have available to trade with, yep. uh, trade, trade with you. Uh, my, my advice for upscaling. Um, I don't have any like fast and quick calculations for you. What I would recommend, and this is uh, a great short money purchase that I would absolutely recommend to you... Get yourself Beersmith, the software. You can get it for uh, PC or Mac, and then for a couple extra bucks, you can get it uh, on your phone, and it syncs your recipes via cloud. You can actually build recipes on your phone, on your PC, throw them in the cloud. You have them with you any, all the time. I, I have my phone with me on Brew Day. It's got timers. It's got alerts. It, you can You can do all that. And... 
you can upscale your recipes on the desktop version easily. Plug in your recipe as you have it right now for your one your one gallon batch, and uh, just upscale it to five. It does all the calculations for you. And you can set up equipment profiles, uh, so you can specify it to your mash ton. You can specify it to your stuff, and it's it's great. I've had really really good results with it so far. Um, so I really recommend this software. It's very good. Beersmith, check it out. In terms of my largest and smallest smallest batch size. I have uh, worked exclusively on five-gallon batches since I started, so uh, I don't really have much experience in anything larger or smaller. So, How many bottles does that? Uh, five gallons will get you roughly to. two cases, which is 48 bottles, cool. give or take, depending on, you know. How good you are with your with your water additions, and then any recommendations for upscaling a recipe? I just I just said all that. Okay, well I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what any of the. Tom got me. He's with me. Yeah, he's with everything me. you just said. Yeah, I'm hearing the Charlie Brown adult talk. Okay, all right. I, we, we have. I think we're overdue for a kitchen brew. We are uh, way overdue for a kitchen stew and kitchen brew. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, maybe next week when we return to Hell's Kitchen, we can get ah that. yeah see yeah. Okay, so a pairing, if you will, for yep. the episode. Okay, um, and then for me, he yeah. said he, uh, a couple of our listeners sent some encouraging uh, notes regarding uh, what I discussed about William last week. Yeah, uh, Tom was one of them. It's very much appreciated. Uh, regarding what you said about your child and his development, my son didn't start crawling until after his first birthday as well. So I know how you must be feeling. Be patient. And do what you think is best for your child, Tom. Thank you very much. Really appreciate that. Okay, for his question, what new interesting board game or card game would you recommend to someone who doesn't like those type of games? Well, I've got my gateways. Yeah, I think uh, for me, um, I kind of started coming to game nights here, and it was we kind of stuck mostly to like Catan and King of Tokyo. Those are the those are the good gateway games. Yeah. Catan, King of Tokyo and Lanterns. Lanterns is good. Lanterns yeah. is a really great gateway game. Um Machikoro I'd recommend too because it's available at Target. It's a good yeah, game. Yeah. Um as my board game tastes have developed, I find that I lean towards engine building and deck building. Mm-hmm. Um which is one of the reasons why I like uh Ryan Lockett games because they a lot of engine building there. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, those probably those three: uh, Lanterns, King of Tokyo, and Catan. Uh, Catan. Settlers Catan is Catan. a lot. Catan is really a lot of people's gateway game. Yeah, it, it's kind of a crossover hit. Um, so if, try give have a Catan night. I saw. Um, I was watching a video earlier and I saw a really funny board gamers shirt t-shirt you could say okay it just says on a shirt no it's not like monopoly <laughs> yeah it's true i by the way i, I played monopoly recently yeah <sighs> yeah i think the current okay. board games we've been playing yeah i'm so ruined spoiled me on traditional classic board games what i will say about monopoly is uh if you have house rules and, and if you haven't played monopolies in years the monopoly game you remember is probably you probably hate it on memory because you were probably playing with a lot of house rules if you play the game by the book it moves much faster yeah but it's still it's boring it's a boring miserable experience when yep. you don't have property yep it's like it's like life yeah if you're poor you're gonna have a bad time it's like my father always said land yeah 
Yeah, it's good to have land. Uh, keep up the great work. Excelsior, wink, wink, thanks. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. Next up, <laughs> this is going to be a fun one. Okay. Um, our friend Nate. Nate. Sent us an email in response to some things we said last week. Okay. Well, more more, um, more accurately, some things you said oh. last week. Um, his, his subject line is, oh, yes, I'm that guy. He's that guy, huh? So here's Nate's email. Allow me to push up my glasses and state in a nerdy voice. Actually, when you guys were discussing 90s arcade games, you discussed the original Ninja Turtles arcade game. Yes. That game was released in 1989. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) He said, I'm that guy. He's that guy. And of course, making it an A's game. I hope someone got fired for that blunder. Well, we've got no one to fire other than ourselves, so no. No one got fired for that blunder. Fire our fact checker. <laughs> Maybe we should hire Alan as a fact checker just so we can <laughs> fire him and continue his mojo downtown. Oh, oh come on, man. <laughs> let's go easy, go easy let's see how long we can get this thing going. I don't know. We love Alan. He's suffered enough. <laughs> also, King Kong just a monkey that's How correct. dare you? I dare. Have you seen the original 1933 masterwork? That ape had soul. Great. <laughs> Godzilla has atomic breath. <laughs> He'll Nate, eat your soul. Nate's a big Godzilla fan, too. Okay. So. Uh, question <laughs> to piggyback on the arcade question. You have a brand new game room and room for five arcade machines, oh. video or pinball. What are they? Five arcade machines. Um, Video or pinball? I would have to say Mortal Kombat 2, uh, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, Killer Instinct. Um, really? You're you're going three fighting games? Yes, I am. I I okay. loved I loved arcade fighting games. Right. Um, then I need a brawler. I think I got to go with Turtles here. Yeah, that's four. And uh, a pin. Every arcade game, every arcade room definitely needs a uh, pinball machine. The Metallica pinball machine. Um, it's a bit on the nose, but you know what? Yeah, let's just. I, let's I just, played it when I was in Jersey. It was just, enjoyable. It was enjoyable. I'm trying to think if there's like a classic one from my youth that that. Yeah. I, but I, nothing's sticking out. So, let's just go with the Metallica pinball machine. Alrighty. Okay, for me. Um, all right, Ninja Turtles. There you go. Uh, wind jammers. Okay. I'm trying to think of which version. Of I was gonna say uh, you got to pick one, but you've got three slots left. You could pick yeah. several. I know. I know. Um, I'm actually gonna say, uh, Turbo, uh, Street Fighter Two, Hyper Fighting. Which Classic. was the last iteration before the introduction of the four new characters in Super Street Fighter 2. That's, yes, that's correct. So, yeah. I'm going to go with that one. I've got two left. Do you have a problem with DJ, Cammy? And, no, and, I and, don't. And the like? I just... Um, I'm able to play that game in other places. Okay. So... Um, two spots left. Uh, it's some classic stuff. Oh, Star Wars arcade game. A wireframe shooter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's getting in there. Um, and uh, 
I'm kind of going to have a bit of a cheat here and say the, the dual machine of uh, Pac-Man and Galaga. Ah. Because I think you have to have some classic representation. I was actually just thinking that myself. Like, what what arcade was, is would be complete without the sounds of, like, Galaga emanating from one corner of it? Like, you, I, you know, the... the, the, the the shot, the shot sound etched in your brain, the little music jingle when your fighter gets captured. I, I, it's, I can hear it right now. Yeah. You know what I, you know what I would recommend as a possible substitute for a brawler, and I'm probably not going to get a lot of love on this. Uh oh. Golden Axe. Yeah. No. That was always a personal favorite. Okay. Final Fight's one of mine. The, but. the, the troll, just the doing a little bop bop on the head. After swiping him with the axe a bunch of times. Were you a gauntlet guy at all? No. Okay. No, I wasn't. Yeah, me neither. I liked, I liked keeping my tokens. Yeah. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about... The th- you remember Smash TV? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that might be a good one. My, uh, I have it on one on the uh, Midway compilation. Arcade Classics? That yeah. came out for PlayStation 2, I believe. Mm-hmm. My friend Jim and I went through and calculated how much money it would have cost each of us to beat... Smash TV. And? I'm going to give you an over-under number. You tell me what you think. Oh, boy. $100. Under. It is under, but not by much. $75. (laughs) We we were both at about $75. Oh, my God. You guys died a lot. (laughs) Couldn't avoid it. It's a hard game. Yeah. It's a very hard game. Okay. By design. Yeah. Nate, thank you very much for your questions and comments. Um, I appreciate your comments. I'm not sure how much Drew did, but, you know, hey, last time oh, you I'm gave sorry. me crap did, about did, having toys. Did so. the Turtles arcade games cease to exist when 1990 <laughs> rolled around? I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just say. All right, so. I'm that guy. I don't care. Speaking of Alan Waiters. Yeah. We have some questions from Mr. Allen. Okay. For both of us, who would you consider the worst supervillain in a movie? Oh. Jamie Foxx's Electro. Oh. Arnold's Mr. Freeze. Oh. Toby Grace's Venom. Hmm. Or Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. I'm going with Lex Luthor. So am I. Um, it's, it's not even a contest. He was that bad yeah because at least in all these other ones there's an aspect or two of the character in the portrayal sure 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 not in eisenberg's no he's just grading it obnoxious and that i don't know what they were going for there yeah thanks zach (laughs) carl could a jedi use the force to pick up mjolnir thor's hammer Ooh. Mm, that's tough. I'm gonna say no. I don't have to. I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think it works that way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just. I'm just gonna say no. The the worthiness comes into play uh, here. I could. I could think of like reasons and whatnot, but like just that instant gut reaction. Yeah. Of two worlds, I like think I'm fairly well versed in. Sure. My my gut reactions now. No. Yeah. I'd agree with you. Drew. Yeah. Do you think Nintendo would have more success if it resurrected 8-bit classic games like Master Blaster, Vic- 
Vice Project Doom, Karnov, and Contra. Well, yeah, Karnov. Here's the pro- well. I mean, it's not up to Nintendo to re- to do that. It's up to the <laughs> yeah, Karnov was data east. The rights holders, and I don't even know who those are. In the case of Karnov and stuff, I don't yeah. even know. Speaking Contra Master uh, Blaster. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, spoilers. Master Blaster comes out this week. Yeah, the, the Master ba- uh, Master Blaster Zero. So check your eShop on your Switch, Alan. Um, and I think it's going to be good too. Um, no, I, you know, here's the thing with the, with the classic games, we love them. They are classic and there's a certain nostalgia itch that we, that we are looking for, but to, to video game, video gaming is so much bigger now than it was for these, the games. It's bigger now than it was when we were younger and got into things. So that nostalgia itch is only going to go so far. Um, you know, Master Blaster and, and Contra and Karnov have zero cachet to people younger than us, yeah. necessarily. I mean, not some, a little bit. But after a certain point, though, 20-year-olds and, and under yep. do not care. So I, Not that they won't try it out. They're just less likely to yeah, get it. Right. It's, it's like when, you know, when you're a kid and your dad tells you all, the, all his favorite bands, and you're like, Dad, you're old! Because that's how it wasn't me. And uh, later on, you appreciate it. Yeah. But at the time, you don't. You, you want your stuff. You exactly. don't care about your dad's stuff. Video right. games are now coming to that point where you know, I don't care about your stuff, Dad. Grand Theft Auto's lame. No one cares about. I don't even know <laughs> what games are considered lame nowadays. I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. Uh, Grand Theft Auto's still going. Still popular. What was like, I'm trying to think of a, I'm trying to think of a, of a perfect mid '90s to a 2000 game. Goldeneye. Gold. Yeah, there you go. Goldeneye. Goldeneye. No one cares about Goldeneye anymore because I've heard people who loved it gone back and played it, and they're like, it does not hold up. Well, sure, things evolve. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, no. I so but but yeah. I don't think it's going to matter much. That nostalgia itch. You'll scratch it, and then it'll, yeah. people will move on. But to be fair, though. Uh, I will be checking out Master Blaster. If someone, I, I think I'm going to shell out some scratch for that because it looks pretty sweet. And not play it for two months. Probably, yeah. It's going to go in the backlog. <laughs> I would suggest like not purchasing it right away. Maybe it's I'll wait. Be a markdown. I'll wait in time. Oh, speaking of markdowns, markups. How's the outlook uh, for uh, Mr. J. Gelsomino getting a switch from you? Jay and I have agreed. Uh, to terms, he will be acquiring my switch, my Ooh. second switch. All right, um, folks, coming soon. Drew banging his head against the table for selling Jay's switch when he could have made like seven hundred bucks off it. Um, no, no, no. All right, and and not for nothing, but it's not I, that I don't want Jay to get a switch. I'm just saying I would rather it go to Jay than have to sell it online and deal with someone I don't know and eBay fees and shipping and uh, just, yeah. All right, no, I get you. Simple, easy. Yeah. Goes to a friend. Little, yellow. Different. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <coughs> in fact, uh, he would be holding it in his hands right now were he to be here for the yeah, show tonight. we were supposed to have Jay on the show tonight, folks, but uh, he had some unfortunate circumstances pop up. We will work on getting him back another time. Maybe even next week. His fan demands it. Yes. Alan had some questions for Jay and whatnot because he knew Jay was going to be here. Well, sorry, Jay. Guess Jay doesn't nope. get those questions. Nope. All right. 
So that wraps up cross-examination. Alrighty then. Now we are on to the case files. Open the case files, Carl. Open the case files. So, Drew, yeah. and we'll just kind of touch on this because you're going to go more in-depth in your review section. Hmm. Uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah. I'm sorry if I don't know the origin of this, but 10, 10, 10. 10. Exactly. Ten. It got all the 10. It got all the 10. It, it Ty Dillinger gave it his stamp of approval. It's... I can't remember a game more universally, like, everyone is either, like, full marks or just, like, one mark off for God knows what. Yeah. Um, Dude, I got to tell you, and I'm a fanboy, and you know this. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't expect that kind of reception at all. I figured it'll do well. Review well. Right. But, you know... The, the the formula will show, or you know, they'll find something. Especially for a launch game. Yeah, like they'll find something to that. to knock it on. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's pretty pretty great. It's pretty great, it and pretty that good. makes me pretty really pretty happy pretty to good. see it. it. It makes me really happy to see it do that well. And yeah, it, we're off to a good start with the Switch. I know it's a little underwhelming for some, but we'll get to that in my discussion. Yeah. But th- this game is absolutely worth all of the praise it's getting. So if you're if you're on the fence and you're like, I don't know, dude, it's that good. So, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Some unfortunate news. Oh. That is very pertinent to this show. Oh. It was revealed earlier this week that, oh, yeah. in fact, yeah. we will not have any... Quote, air quotes, costume in the Netflix Iron Fist series. I don't understand. According to the article I read, they said there's just not simply a reason for him to be in a costume yet in this story. You know, story, so, you know, you know what the reason is? Because he wears it in the freaking comics and yep. people want to see it. Yep. No, I don't I, care. I fully, I fully agree with you. Um, I'm hoping we will see it in Defenders. He's going to be really under... No, correction. Matt is going to be really overdressed for yeah. the occasion, given that Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and apparently Danny Rand do not wear costumes. So, here's my question. Yeah. Is this Marvel's first major misstep? I, I mean... It's tough to say, because we haven't seen what it is yet. Let me watch the show, I'll let you know, but it, it's definitely... it's. Is as stupid as it is, because it is kind of silly when you think about it. Like it's something, just that little aspect of it, making it that this much of a difference. But it's kind of killed some of my anticipation for the show. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, you feeling know? a little bit of that as well. I, I don't know. It's, so, yeah. it's, I, yes, I'm less interested in a, in a 13 episode television show because a costume won't be in it. Yeah, but you know what? A costume is part of the the lore. Yeah. Oh. For just the, yeah. I'm not saying specifically to Iron Fist. I'm saying the general uh, superhero lore. Costumes are part of the gig, man. That's like one of the things you ask whenever you hear of like a movie going into production or someone's been cast, like what are they going to look like in the suit? Sure. And that's, you know what? Not for nothing. I know before you get to your, your Logan review, Hugh Jackman is all done, right? This is it. Yep. He's done. Yep. Never put on the costume. Nope. And that, the closest that, we got was a deleted. And he didn't wear it. Ending. Scene they just showed it. The Wolverine. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that 
that hurts me a little bit. One of one of the two grave sins Fox committed against the character. Yeah. In my opinion. Well, the other being we never got a proper Wolverine Sabretooth fight. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Like we came a little close in the worst one of the worst X-Men movies ever made. Liam Shriver made a decent saber tooth. It's just amazing that they, that they again, it comes down to understanding the characters and really understanding what what makes them tick and what beats they need to hit and Fox never quite yep. got all in on that. Yep. Anyway, so, all right, so that unfortunate news came out. Um, then we also have, we'll, we'll, turn, we'll, we'll raise the spirits a bit before we go to the, uh, the dumpster fire. Oh, um, well, Drew, <laughs> the dumpster fire is ever burning and we need to, we need to, you know, it's well, still, let's be honest, it's we still need burning? to fan the flames. Okay. It's still burning. All right. Okay. So, uh, prior to, uh, seeing Logan, we got our first teaser for Deadpool 2. Um, okay. Well, I'm going to be honest. I never even saw the first one, so... I know, which baffles me, because I know Deadpool's not your cup of tea, but... He's really not. I would have thought, like, after, like... Deadpool's another one of those things, along with uh, Legend of Zelda. Ten. Ten. I'll, ten. I'll get to it. I just don't... I'm not going out of my way to get to it. The uh, the teaser was fantastic. I did see the teaser. Someone at work made me Freaking watch hilarious. It's good. It's freaking hilarious. It was good. I mean, it's that's Deadpool. That's, yep. that's what I will say about it. So um, no release date announced. No. I guess they're close to casting Cable. Sure. I have a feeling whoever they cast is going to disappoint everyone. No. You never know. We'll see. I don't know who they could cast that would be like, yes, that guy. Yeah. So I feel like no matter who they cast, it's going to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't think we need to linger long on this in the dumpster fire that is the DC uh, Cinematic Universe. But Drew. Yeah. The Batmobile. Oh. Guns, I, guns, yeah. guns. It's got more guns. So many. It has all the guns. You know what's great about that? <coughs> it, you because can look, you, Batman you can look, uses guns. Well, that and that you can look at the picture of the of the now with 100% more guns Batmobile combine that with this so take that visual and then read the plot synopsis of justice league and it's like batman with his renewed faith in humanity after watching the sacrifice of super <laughs> ah yes he's so much he's gonna he's so, shoot them all he's so trusting and has renewed faith in humanity such that he has added a full arsenal to the batmobile to kill them all yeah um yeah what <laughs> sure We'll go someone, with that. I, God, I can't remember who it was. I saw someone in my Facebook feed commenting on this. They're like, well, you know, it's possible that, you know, the guns are for Darkseid's parademons and whatnot. I'm like, you know what? Go back to Justice League uh, Unlimited, the animated, the finale of Justice League Unlimited when Darkseid and Apocalypse were invading again. Batman and Lex Luthor fighting off a horde of parademons. Lex Luthor's popping him off with his two guns. Batman has, like, electrically charged brass knuckles. And at one point, Batman comments, you know, I'm out of stuff. I'm out, you know, gadgets and whatnot. And Lex Luthor offers him a gun, and he's like, not my style. 
maybe, maybe. Since dear, dear AT and T, please direct the. I keep forgetting the, that's the a people, thing. The people at Warner Brothers, whom you now own, to dispense with Zack Snyder and hire Bruce Timm and Paul Dini. Well, seeing as Zack Snyder worships at the altar of uh, Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns, but and, and, he and, doesn't even do it that well i know but that doesn't mean he's not an idiot fanboy because that's what he is uh maybe they'll put a line in the movie with all the big bad guns on it and he'll say rubber bullets promise like you didn't like, say it in the last movie when well, he was mowing but maybe dudes now down he'll, spy hunter style yeah i know maybe now he'll do it though in, in, in this yeah well who am i kidding no he won't no 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 he's, he's gonna kill everybody gonna shoot all the people batman's gonna bathe in their blood because batman and guns yes because, you know, you have the moral high ground when you are a brutal murderer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> fire rages on. Superheroes, everybody. We didn't start the fire. No. But apparently it's going to keep burning. Yes. As the world keeps turning. Yeah. Zach, Zach Snyder started the fire. Yes. Okay. That brings to a close to the case files. That's now it. brings us to yeah, the review section. Okay. You have something to review. I have something to review. Sure. Uh, would you like to go first? Um, yeah, sure. I'll go. Um, what do you want to know? <laughs> well. <laughs> or should I just tear into this just, whole. Just tear into it. I'm going to sit back and like read a book or something. No, no. What do you want to know about? Do you want to talk? Us your, give us your impressions, thoughts. You've had it for a little less than a week. Of the Switch both as a system, and then of course Zelda. Breath okay, of the let's talk about um, let's talk about the system then, shall we? Yes. Uh, the Nintendo Switch as a system has a to me infinite cool factor. It's very neat. It's fun to hold. It looks really cool. It's shiny. Um. It it and and it, the the taking those controllers on and off and the snap and, and, and click and putting it in all of its different configurations, docking it, watching it show up on the screen, taking it out of the dock immediately, hand, handheld activated. It, it it's all as advertised. It's it's so satisfying and cool. So it's it's very neat. Some of you are reporting problems out there in the world with the Joy-Con connectivity and dead pixels and, and some other stuff. I am of the belief that these things are obviously real. I don't believe they are widespread, but okay. the internet seems to make you want to believe that they are. Because if any other company did these things, no one would really care. But Nintendo seems to have to eat a lot more um, proverbial poo than other companies. I don't know why. Mostly because I think video gamers are petulant children, which they prove time and time again with any sort of thing that they don't happen to like. But so we're video gamers. I'm not. A, I like video games. I will never call myself a gamer, ever, ever. Way too much baggage attached. I'm not going there. In any case, I'm just gonna. Leave that alone. You can. I'm a person who likes video games. That's all I am. Okay. Anyway, that aside, if you're experiencing issues with your Switch, that's unfortunate, but, you know, I'm not. Mine's great. 
and so are many others. So stuff your tears in a sack. I don't care. Uh, brutal truth. Hashtag Drew Empathy. That's right. Um, it's great. It's really cool. Uh, that's not to say that it's perfect. Um, me, I have no issues with the uh, controller as it is and all of its different iterations. Um, some people with larger hands, I could definitely see uh, yeah, the, 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 the sticks being a little small, the buttons being a little small. I came over Saturday just to get a, to check it out because I wanted to be able to contribute uh, as best I could. The Joy-Cons for me are a little small, but sure. not unusable. No, 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 no. And, and, you, and when you think about like, well, why didn't they do it bigger? Why didn't they do... Because the form factor is... This is the form factor. I don't know that they could have made it larger without increasing yeah. the whole proportions of the whole unit, in which case the portability would be completely out the window. Or at least the the practical portability. It is what it is. Um, the power cord situation being on the underside, so you can't necessarily plug it in while it's in tabletop mode with the kickstand yeah. out. That is a bit of a tricky situation. That is kind of a, air quotes, problem. Yeah. At the same time, you couldn't put it on the top because it's the one port on the system that when you dock it, it does the TV. Yep. So you're... You know what I mean? Like, it. this yeah. is the way it is. So they kind of had to work around the, the, the features of the system. Um, but in any case, uh, the thing runs dead silent. It, there, like, there's no noise. Well, there's no it, disk drive in it, so it, why would it need to make noise? To me, it's, it's, it's something of a marvel. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's a little bare bones right now because the online infrastructure is there, but there's no online network yet. There's no virtual console yet. Um, all these features are coming down the road. So on the hardware, um, again, I think it's super cool, and I think it's just infinitely neat, and I will be taking it around with me. I will be traveling with it. Um, it is as advertised. It works great. I, I really, really like it, but uh, it does get the justifiable incomplete grade until more stuff about what it can do is, you know, on the table, the online, etc. Oh, look at that. See, the power button in the bottom isn't a problem, Carl, because you can spend $13 and get a <laughs> stand for the cape for the tabletop mode. Oh, well, here's here's my quick thoughts on the switch as a system. Yeah. Um, like I said, Joy-Cons are a little small for my taste. My hands are a little bit bigger. Um, but again, not unusable. After I was at your pl- I was here for about like maybe an hour on yeah, Saturday. about that. After going through it, playing it a little bit, we tried the, uh, the Snipper Clips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun game. Demo, which I guess that game is 20 bucks. 20 bucks. That's worth 20 bucks easily. Yep. Um, I'm excited... I'm not as I said to you. I'm not as excited for what it is. I'm more excited for what it can become. Sure. No, that's that's yeah. a very fair assessment. I think, I think I came up kind of on a spot in the analogy that new video game consoles are kind of like new babies, newborn <laughs> babies. You are so excited to have them and you love them. Yeah. But honestly, they don't really do much right away. They they sleep. Uh, they, well, I mean, I'm 
playing Zelda on mine, but it for those of us that aren't like you know rabid Nintendo fans like myself, uh, you I would tell you up front you might want to wait until you, until the, the library is a little bigger, yeah, and you can figure out if you want to dive in the pool or not. Um, I would say of of the games that are like day one purchases for this Zelda probably Bomberman. I've heard mixed reviews on Bomberman, but but maybe. Uh, uh, snipper cutters, snipper clips, snipper clips. If you have a significant, if you have other, someone to play with, yes, because yeah. it is. It, you can play it single player, but then you control both characters. Yeah, see, it, yeah, it, yeah. So yeah. really, it's a two player game. But but again, that's that's cool. That's exactly what Nintendo was going for. Yeah. They mm-hmm. they want that interactivity between people in their games. I I have not heard a single good thing about One Two Switch. If we were all on a game night. Few beers deep, it might be fun for about ten minutes, maybe Not for fifty bucks. No, no, the price is the problem. Yeah, yeah for sure, it's, for sure. If it was twenty bucks, maybe. And you know what? People are saying like, why don't they pack it in then? What is it pack in? Honestly, my honest opinion on that is because I think that would have send that would send mixed signals about what the system is to people that bought it expecting something else you know what i'm saying eh, not necessarily i think so i think they wanted to have their messaging be very clear and i think packing that particular game in that that game is not a showcase of the system zelda is your showpiece yeah this this is an adventure bigger than anything i've ever seen in a zelda game maybe in any game speaking of which we'll get to the yeah dynamite so, segue yeah through. i know i didn't even intend it to be that way but there it is zelda is your system seller dude because oh, yeah. it, it is unfathomable that a game this large could be a handheld game, but it is. But it's also a fully fledged console game, and this the Switch allows you to make it both. That's 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 as a game that can show the potential of what the Switch is, full experiences anywhere you want with the, in, in portable mode, dock it, and you have you got yourself your console game right there. It proves the point. So let's talk about Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, real quick! Did you? I can't remember if I see this around. Did you get a pro controller? I did not. You did not. I had not felt. The, I thought about it, but I did not feel the need. I wanted to see how it felt with the grip yeah. up front, and I'm fine with the grip so, so far. How do the? Uh, I can't remember. How do do the Joy Cons charge? How do you charge? Them? Uh, you can buy. <laughs> you can buy. Wow. Hang on, I said can. You can buy a grip that has a charge port in it. Yeah. But they actually charge if you dock the system with the Joy Cons attached. They charge. That's how they that charge. Way. Yep. And, and the Joy Con battery life is about twenty hours per Joy Con. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So you can so play rest- with your Joy Cons long after your Switch is run out. That of is correct, life. sir. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can pretend you're playing the game. That's right. After your Switch dies after three hours, you've got seventeen hours of Joy Con fun. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's not an issue. Not yet, anyway. Um, I'll let you know. I'm taking it to New York in a couple weeks. So <laughs> if, if I have a problem, I'll tell you. Um, so let's talk about Zelda. Now, you kind of blew me away with the fact that you have only played Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. Yep. So you don't know necessarily the Zelda Ocarina of Time, Link to the Past. You, this is, these are foreign concepts to you. Yep. Okay. Then this, this whole thing I'm about to unload... Is it's not, for the people. It's, it's for the people. For it's not for you. Uh, all right, Zelda brethren, brethren, gather round. Check Twitter. While <laughs> you love Zelda. I love Zelda. I respect Zelda. Again, not talking to you. 
Um, a Link to the Past is me, my my personal favorite Zelda game. Um, Ocarina might be, it's on the list, but it's not even my second, actually. I think my second might be Wind Waker, to be honest with you. Um, but that formula that, that Link to the Past set up, previous to that we had Zelda 1, which is the OG granddaddy of them all. Then you had Zelda 2, which is like the black sheep of the series, which introduced the side-scrolling, and it was very different than Zelda 1. A Link to the Past, for all intents and purposes, is Zelda 3. And it returned to the top, top-down top style, but it also introduced what I would consider to be the de facto Zelda formula up until Breath of the Wild. And that formula is roughly start your adventure, get your sword, go to town, get quest, go to dungeon, get item in dungeon that allows you to beat boss in dungeon, Item also allows you to access area where next dungeon is, rinse, and repeat. Now, when I say it like that, it sounds like, well, that's kind of boring. And no Zelda game has ever been like that. Like, boring. They 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 pace it in such a way where everything is very rewarding. Uh, the items that you do get and that progression have always been really cool. And they allow you to... You know, there's a fun factor involved in all that. When, you, you know, when Link is fully armored up and has all these items things you can do and and all that stuff opening up the world and all that progressively but they were still steering you they were still steering you on a fairly pre predetermined course that formula is dead it is it was, gone it was linear ish yes linear ish sure actually now that i think about it it is kind of linear in a way like this big epic game is fairly sequential. There's an order to things. There's side quests and stuff that might divert you, but by and large, you need this to get here, you need this to get here, you need this to get here to beat the game. Breath of the Wild is totally different. Or at least it feels totally different. We'll see, you know, if the if the tried and true formula rears rears its head again. But Breath of the Wild, if if nothing else, Breath of the Wild respects your time and your intelligence more than any Zelda game has since the first Zelda game, since the original Legend of Zelda. What do I mean by that? It doesn't really tell you what to do, necessarily. It doesn't hold your hand. There's no hour-long tutorial level to kind of tell you what everything in the game, how it all works. Other Zelda games are guilty of that, some more than others. Skyward Sword was very guilty of that. There was like a four-hour sequence in the beginning to kind of oh. get Is you that up. the one that had the terrible tech demo at E3? I don't know. Where like uh, Miyamoto was showing how the the move plus and the nunchuck would use the shield and the sword and just was not working at all. Um. Well, I know that he did that, but I don't remember it not working because that was the one that introduced the motion plus and it worked very well. In the game. Maybe it didn't at E3, but it did in-game. But in any case, uh, that one, yeah, like, that one had this problem, which was, like, which, which, which was, like, it was an upward trajectory of making it a problem since, like, Ocarina up until Skyward Sword, where every time you got a rupee, it would have a message a displaying a rupee. Rup- uh, rupees are the, the currency uh, in Zelda. Okay. Hmm, something else no, no rupees. <laughs> Ru- rupees. Um, at a certain point, 
I'm not sure which one it was. Might have been Twilight Princess. Might, but definitely in Skyward Sword. Every time you got a rupee of a new denomination, every time you opened a treasure chest, and it was even if it was an item that you had gotten like a hundred times before in the game, you knew what it was. You would have to sit through a dialogue box of text appearing to tell you what was in the box. Oh. Again, holding your hand. Look, you got fifty rupees. Like I know. It's a red rupee. I know what it's worth. I've gotten a million of these things in the game. I know. Got annoying. You found some bombs. Place them with A. Like, dude, I know. Breath of the Wild doesn't do any of that. You get a little quick dialogue telling what something is the first time you get it. After that, you just pick it up and you carry on your merry way. You get some, like, maybe look over there to see if, you know, what you can find. Other than that, you don't even have to do that. Like, go east to the thing. Okay. Well, in a, in a previous to Breath of the Wild, I would probably say that you would have to go east. If you tried to go west or you tried to go north or you tried to go south, you would be met with a physical barrier that prevents you from going that way. Go east, young lad. Breath of the Wild, go east. Yeah, I'm going to go north instead. So what you're saying is when you try to go south, there would be a wall. So is this, is this Trump's high rule? Um, <laughs> historically speaking, <laughs> it was a metaphorical. <laughs> metaphorical wall. Yes. Okay. Now, go where you want. And Link can now jump and climb. Couldn't do those things before. Go wherever the hell you want. Do whatever you want. Go run up the hill. Get to the top of the hill and look around. Whatever you can see, you can go there. Go for it. See what you can find. And not only can you do that stuff, it rewards you for for doing that stuff. So if I go off the beaten path and I find a little curious nook or cranny of the world that looks interesting, like, wow, oh, there's kind of a weird little way in the, over there in the distance. I can see kind of a cave or a tree that looks different than the terrain around. I'm going to go investigate that. Might take me a half hour to get there, but when I go over there, the whole journey's filled with stuff. And when I get there, I'm probably rewarded with a treasure chest or with an item in it that I don't have yet, or maybe a better weapon. We got to talk about the weapon system, by the way, and the health system. Uh, we also have to keep show under two hours. I know. I'm sorry, but I'm, <laughs> this, I know. I know. Zelda has been. You've been waiting a long time for this. And I enjoy seeing you. It's happy about this. They have completely revamped and reinvented Zelda, and it's better. It's so much better for it. It's open, truly open, to do whatever you want to do at whatever pace you want to do it. It's great. The freedom and the way it respects your intelligence and your time and lets you do what you want is great. It's it's tremendous. It is. It's, it still feels like a Zelda game in the way it plays and stuff, but yet it feels so new. They have really done a great job, and all those tens, dude. I'm, I'm, I've probably got 15 hours or so logged on this game so far. I've done next to nothing, plot wise. Okay, so like, let me do a little demonstration of the map. Here's, just watch my hands. Okay, yeah. You start the game in an area about this big. Okay, I'm mm-hmm. doing a little, a yeah. little, uh, 
like an okay with like an finger. okay sign finger. So the little circle here between my thumb and finger, that's that's where they start you up. Yeah, it's called the Great Plateau. You can't get off the Great Plateau to start. You get you'll you'll die. You're up way up on this big mountain plateau. That area alone is ginormous, like huge. Yeah, probably as big as like the entire world map of Ocarina of Time when that came out. Okay, I saw like slightly before this game came out, they did a kind of like one image on top of another map comparison. I would love to see that between like not only past Zelda games but other open world games like Elder Scrolls, Marvel, oh, yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that. And Breath of the Wild just dwarfed so, everything. So my comparison now is is null and void. So okay. sorry, <laughs> you already beat me to it. Basically, you go from, you go from this, this this plateau, and you think like, okay, I'm going to finally get off the plateau. You get off the plateau, and then your map reveals the next area. The next area is three times as big as the plateau, yeah. and then you can scroll out your map, and that and that's just one area of the world map, and the world map is three times the size of that. Yep. Oh my god, dude. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, I, would, I might never finish this game. I would like to see a comparison of the map of that and the map of Horizon Zero Dawn. Because that map is huge as well. And you unlock uh, sections of the map by tracking down these like almost like super giraffe type robot animals. Okay. And, like sinking with them. And then that's how you open up that section of the map. But, but you can move... The map is just like the rest of the map is just like under clouds, yeah. So you can't yeah. see it. So, but you can move around, and see the size of it. And when I was tr- moving around, trying to get the scope of it, you know what it felt like? It felt like that scene from Lethal Weapon, the first one, when they were in the shooting range, and Riggs puts his target up and puts it all the way back. It's just a couple <laughs> seconds, and you're just sitting there like. Oh man, I, I got a kid, man. I, I that's that's how I feel with Zelda right now because yeah. now I'm setting my waypoints. Like, so I get my first. I finally get off the plateau. I meet. I'm not going to spoil anything here, uh, but I finally get a destination. Go seek out this person in this village. For one thing, I was like, oh wow, a village. I haven't seen any of that yet. Okay, cool. They mark it on your map. I finally view the map and I look where it is. Oh my god, it's far. <laughs> And I don't have a full appreciation. You don't really even have a full appreciation for how far it is until you actually just start start your trek. I'm doing a little marching motion right now, <laughs> and then I, you know, about a half hour, hour goes by, and you realize, like, oh my god, it's still that far away. And my attention is being diverted for everything I just told you. Like, I'm oh look lo- over there, there's a bush. Something might be in that bush. Right, and I'm looking around for stuff because again, the game rewards you for that stuff. So, like in traditional Zelda games, when you want, if you were low on health. You want to get health? Chop down some bushes, kill some enemies, they drop hearts, your health, they restore your health. No, 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 no. Not in Breath of the Wild. That's out. Now I got to get food, berries, apples, acorns, animals. You can hunt. You can hunt animals for beef and stuff. Like, you got to craft all this stuff. There's a crafting system involved. You got to cook your food and combine it in different... A lot of similarities to Horizon. Like... Okay, so like, th- and if you depending on the ingredients combinations that you can make, you can get stuff that's gonna you know increase your health and your stamina. You can create stuff that'll give you more resistance to the cold because there's when you go up in the mountains, yeah. it's cold. And you, my current clothing, I can't go in the mountains. I 
it, that's a cool touch. It's mind bending. Weaponry. Doctor mind bending. <laughs> in, in traditional Zelda, man, you get your sword and your shield, and that's your sword and your shield till you get your sword and your shield upgrade. You have them always. <coughs> Not in Breath of the Wild. Your weapons can break. You break them all the time. Your sword and your shield are only as good until you get another one. Same thing with your bow. You break you break your bow. I've broken like three bows already, man. Maybe more than that. It, it's and it's okay because you'll find more. But man, it's it's so refreshing. It's just so refreshing. And I'm nowhere yet, and it doesn't matter because I'm just enjoying the journey. It's great. It's great so far. Nice. It is great. Well, I'm happy that you are satisfied with it. I know you've been anticipating this for a long time i'm really glad that it has exceeded any possible expectation it absolutely has uh breath of the wild deserves all the accolades it's getting so far and again i am nowhere in this game i'm just enjoying the hell out of playing it yep so if you are on the fence about diving all in on the switch having it be a glorified zelda machine all i can say is it's a damn satisfying zelda machine (laughs) if you got a wii u get it for wii u if you don't want to buy a Switch, it is available for Wii U. Everyone forgets that. Don't forget yeah. that. Well, I got I got Horizon. So okay, cool. You, you have Link. I have Aloy. You know, we're all going to be doing our, our thing. All right. We're all on quests here. Quest on. Yes. Fill out that world map. All right. So that is your review. Now it's time for my review. Okay. My review is the latest installment and last installment. For Hugh Jackman and Fox's X franchise, uh, Logan, yeah, has come out to huge box office numbers, uh, rave reviews from both viewers and critics. Uh, not necessarily this viewer. Hmm. Yeah. Now I haven't seen I, it, so I, I can't. Yeah, this is going to be a spoiler-free review. Okay. Okay, I'm not going to spoil anything. Uh, let me start out by saying, for it, for everything I'm about to say, it may sound like I did not like the movie. The movie is good. It is not the movie everyone is saying it is. Like, everyone's saying, oh, it redefines the superhero genre. I've heard Clearly the best, you know, superhero movie ever. Best X-Men ever. No. No to all of these. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It does not redefine the superhero genre. Um, it is not the best X-Men movie. In my opinion, that's still X-Men 2. Okay. Um, and what was the, the last one I said? Like, best superhero movie ever? Yeah. No. Okay. No. Um, okay. That being said, I do think ultimately is a good movie, but here are my problems with it. Remember last week when we talked about Days of Future Past? Remember what, or Days of Future Past, The Man Without Fear? Yes. And the reasons you weren't crazy about Man Without Fear, same reasons I'm not crazy about Logan. It requires you to know the backstory of everything that has happened in all the X-Men movies leading up to this point. But here's the rub. There is no payoff for knowing that. Hmm. So... It is not now granted you can you obviously the argument statement can be made. It's a valid one that this is not intended for new viewers. This, this should not be anyone's first X-Men slash Wolverine film. Okay. That's a valid point. But at the same time, it offers no 
assistance to those people who are coming in and this might be their unfortunately like they made the mistake of making this their first one there's no assistance for those people okay which i think is going to detract it for some viewers um this i mean clearly this is it's been said this is the last uh Hugh Jackman Wolverine story and uh the let, let's put it this way we would not be where we are geek culture wise if not for 2000s original X-Men movie. true very true we would not be here and in the span that Hugh Jackman has played Wolverine we've had two Batmans two actors playing the role two Batmans two Supermans, and three Spider-Mans. Yeah. So there is something to be said for the longevity. But, all right, this film is rated R, and the only reason it's rated R is because... Because Deadpool hit at the box office? People, well, yeah, <laughs> that, and people are saying, dude, Wolverine is unleashed in this movie. We're seeing him like we've never seen him before. No. No. We've seen him do Berserker Ages before. We've just never seen the claws and blood. We've never seen the claws actually go into the person and the blood. And that's what you get in this. Okay. You have every possible angle of which Wolverine's claws can enter a human skull. Okay. I don't know that I need that. Yeah. It's like, I don't need this to understand the character is a badass. Sure. But it's in there. So that's kind of like a, 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 a sprinkle of Snyderism on it, then, I guess, kind of, huh? Dude, so brutal, bro. Yeah, kind of. Okay. See, here's the thing. This, is not o- this film not only signifies the end of not only Hugh Jackman, but also Patrick Stewart yeah. as Professor X. This film is the signifies the end for that incarnation of the X-Men. Going back to X1, X1, X2, fortunately X3, and fortunately X-Men Origins, uh, The Wolverine, you know. Okay. Yes, there is the, the, the and again, once again, with this film, continuity, don't, don't I try. I was just going to say. Try. Don't try. Okay. Because they mention, like, they talk about the Statue of Liberty from the first so that's, film. That's X-Men, okay. Yeah. This film but, is the end of that incarnation, keeping the the McAvoy but, but, as Professor Xavier, Fassbender as Magneto. Yeah, keep those but, movies off to the side. But, Don't think about those. But, They're not mentioned. But in no, Days of Future Past, they had the yeah, ending. I, with I, the, I know, I know, I know. Don't, you're going to hurt your brain if you try to think about it. <laughs> Remember what we said. The X-Men film continuity is just as jacked up as yeah, the X-Men yeah. comic book continuity. Yeah. And not for nothing, that's an achievement. So... So just, just, just imagine. You know the incarnation. Ignore. Don't think about anything ignore else. Ignore X Men First Class Days of Future Past Apocalypse. Pretend those movies don't exist. Uh, this film takes place in 2029. Okay. Um, it, it's hard to go into like stuff I I disliked about it without giving away spoilers. Ah. Uh, okay. So I I will say this because I don't think it's. It's not much of a spoiler, and it's like it's implied in all the trailers and everything we've seen. Uh oh! All, all the other X Men 
dead. They're all dead. Okay, I figured that. And that is never shown. It is mentioned in what is almost a throwaway line. How, so, how did they die? Uh, <coughs> is that a spoiler? <coughs> no, I don't think it's a spoiler. Um, Professor X has a degenerative brain condition, oh. which causes him to have seizures. Okay. And when you have a, a power like his and a yeah, mind yeah. like his, that can be problematic. And instead of in like the old man Logan comic series where Logan was tricked into killing the X-Men, uh, Professor X accidentally killed the X-Men. That's really stupid. And you never see it. There's no cameos of any X-Men characters in the past. That's, that's dumb and convenient and yeah. dumb. And it's like mentioned maybe twice. And one time it's mentioned is just like a throwaway line. All right. Well, I guess I'll go see it with that knowledge. Um, it's this a little, is it's a little bleak. At its heart, this is a road trip movie. Okay. Um, ooh, ooh. Is Old Man Hawkeye no, in it? No. Oh, no, right. Because it's not. No. Yeah. So it's not no. like the comic book at all. Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm. Just checking. Um. Yeah, it's just like everything that was supposed to be good about this film is stuff we've either seen before and they just added some blood to it Mm. or is just kind of retread territory. Here's and and lastly, the thing that the film definitely fell short on was uh, antagonist villains. Okay, Um, because like the stinger, the post credit scene to Apocalypse was where like they're in. Um, the Alkali Lake base where Wolverine they you know, oh yeah, yeah, Wolverine. yeah yeah Mr. Sinister and all whatnot right yeah okay not in this film might be in that next X Men movie that's going to do the Dark Phoenix saga again yeah. yeah um so yeah uh the villains are they are from the comics it's the Reavers but not the Reavers as you remember them. And uh, Naturally. also Dr. Rice, who is from, like one of the more recent ex-villains. Uh, mutants are gone. And the way they get rid of mutants was kind of clever, I will admit. Okay. Basically, they figured out how to eradicate the mutant gene and just didn't announce it or anything. They just introduced it into children's products, cereal, juice, <laughs> things like that. I'm like, you know what? Not for nothing. If you want to eliminate that, that race what have you that's kind of a clever way of doing it what about areas of the world that don't necessarily have children's products like cereal and like like you know true true just you know it's okay okay there's not like one plot there's not like one global cereal provider and and all children must eat it i know listen there's some (laughs) bottles okay (laughs) okay checking what let me let me Don't move. spoil anything else. We've probably yeah. said too much already. Let me move on to what I enjoyed about the film. Okay. X-23. Okay. Steals the movie. Okay. I don't Holy care about crap. her in the comics at all, so... You feel for the kid in this. Okay. I Originally, I was against making her young, but the reason they did it in the film and what how they use that generates a lot of sympathy for the character and is, is very good. She was fantastic. She kind of stole the film. Um, very, again, because it's rated R and the budget is lower, very, most of it is practical effects. Okay. Which is good. There's like, most of the CG stuff you see is like CG touch up. 
There's not like big, huge set pieces. Exactly. Okay. And that gave the film uh, the film, and they they pretty much say it outright in the movie. The film is heavily influenced by westerns, okay, like Shane, like old classic westerns, um, and that is very evident in the visual look and feel of the film. Here's here's the thing: Hugh Jackman is great as Wolverine, but this Wolverine is as far removed from what he's done as Wolverine in the past, as the cinematic Wolverine is removed from the comic book Wolverine. And it's tough to describe how it's like, it's like, yes, it's Wolverine, but it just feels like a lot of the things that make it Wolverine were left out. Okay. And it's hard it's hard to describe. Again, without being able to give spoilers. Okay, I guess I'll have to It's kind of hard to describe. Um yeah, I mean ultimately the like I said, the film ultimately is good. Action scenes are great. You know, Wolverine doing Wolverine stuff. It's cool. Does um, the third act devolve into sci-fi schlock? No. Okay. No, it does not suffer the problem that the Wolverine does. Okay. Um Third act is probably the most emotional of the acts, but even that, I was like, like I said, I'm an easy cry. I didn't roll any tears at this movie. Oh wow, okay. And and there's a scene that if you write it down on paper and showed me, I'd be like, yeah, oh yeah, I'm gonna cry at that scene. And I was just like, mm, all right. So okay. maybe what we have here is a case of overhype. Yeah, because that's going around. That's happened to me with previous movies in the past. Perfect example, like the Lego movie. Everybody said the Lego movies is life changing experience. It was great. When I finally got around to it, I was like, it was good. Yeah. It wasn't like what everyone hyped it up to be. And that's kind of what's in my opinion, what I mean it I like I said to you, I rated the, the X Men films and this comes in fifth. My top five are um, X-Men 2, First Class, X-Men 1, The Wolverine, and then Logan. Okay. Well, I will have to investigate further and let you know my thoughts. Yes. Yeah. I'm curious. Again, it's not... I'm not Marvel curious, but I'm Fox curious. If you've traveled... If you've traveled the road with X-Men, yeah. with Jackman, since 2000, this is, it's worth going seeing the films all right. in theaters. All right. I will I will go see it. Yeah. We will it's, see it's how, worth, it, how it goes. Worth ticket price. Um, and no post-credit scene. Okay. Because they wanted this to be... This is Hugh Jackman's last. I like how Marvel Studios... Has made us expect post-credit scenes in everything now, yeah. including non-Marvel Studios yeah. films. Um, Talk about training an audience! My God. The funny thing you should mention Marvel Studios. Hugh Jackman said that the only thing that could possibly get him to play the character again is if Marvel and Sony or Marvel and Fox came to some sort of deal yeah, that would no, allow him not to appear happen. in Infinity War. Yeah, not not happening. Happen. Sorry. So yeah, um, I think at this point, again, it's not going to happen. But it's it's really time to because you can't 
you can't because you've established Hugh Jackman's Wolverine in First Class, Days of Future Past, and Apocalypse. You can't really recast him for those movies. No, they got to start it's fresh. It's just gonna be weird. So again, I know this is my solution for a lot of superhero film. Put it to bed problems. for a while. Shelve it. Give it some time. Bring it back. To, you know, we don't need Brian Singer involved anymore. Uh, spoilers. Give it to someone new. <laughs> You're going to have them. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, yeah. so Wolverine, again, if you've if you've seen all the films and you have an affinity for the character, it's it's a good movie. It's just not the revolutionary movie everyone's building it up to be. It's worth seeing in theaters. All right. There you go. All have right. It. Whew. Now, we've got a lot of. A lot of content in this episode. It's, it's a beefy episode. So we probably won't go as long on our main subject tonight. This is the main subject? Okay, yeah. I but, guess is at this point. Yeah. So next week we will be starting Daredevil Season 2. And we decided for this week we were going to do a kind of general discussion on a character who by no means is a stranger to live action appearances in films, uh, but is making what is easily his definitive appearance in daredevil season two. And that is none other than Frank castle, the punisher definitive. I would say say best to date. I don't know if I'd say definitive. Well, we can, we can get into that. Okay. Um, I felt that Frank deserved a little more than, you know, this character first appeared in XYZ. Like we've oh, sure. Past- oh, yeah. He's important, for sure. So, yeah. He's one of my favorite characters. So, let's talk about the Punisher. Okay. Let's talk comics first. Okay. How did you first encounter the character? Um, That's a good question. I think it was really just uh, osmosis, more or less. Like... Uh, <laughs> Lucas found his Lucas dinosaur. Back and he's playing with his dinosaur. <laughs> so for those of you hearing that squeak, if you're annoyed by that squeak, you're a terrible person. So you're annoyed by a dog enjoying his toy. That's correct. Even though this is the show now for the next little while. Uh, yeah, comic book osmosis, more or less. So when I was a lad, it was the early 90s, um, late 80s, early 90s. And in that time, there was a Punisher video game, I recall, for the NES. And uh, there was this guy with a skull on his chest, so he looked he looked really yeah. cool. And at the time, I think Jim Lee was doing the artwork uh, on the comics yeah. briefly mm-hmm. with one of his first you know big stints. So it was very striking, <coughs> and uh, yeah, it just you know captured the imagination. Even though I wasn't necessarily reading Punisher War Journal or whatever what was out at the time, and then the Marvel cards came out. And sure yep. enough, there's this guy again with a skull on his chest and guns and... and guns, guns, guns! Yeah, look, Van full of guns! When you're a kid, I'm not going to lie, man, guns and stuff have an allure. At least they did when we were kids. Yeah. When, we were, when we were kids, we were growing up in the in the heyday of 80s action movies. Yeah. Guns! And the heyday of toy guns. Yeah, that too. Before they put the orange tips on them and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, you know, we would, in my neighborhood, we would really get together and play guns. Right. Like, one around shooting each other with guns. Right. Like, guns. They called it guns. That's yeah. Why yeah. don't play guns? Let's play guns. Right. So, you know, guns, man. You get shot, you lay down for like 30 seconds, you get up, 
gone. Yeah. It was the first ever first-person shooter. Kind of, yeah. Kind <laughs> of. It is your imagination, but it was there. Yeah, so, you know, it, it captured the imagination. <laughs> so, the Punisher was interesting to me. Yeah. As a lad. I first sure. encountered him being a Spider-Man reader. Okay. Um, just, he was a fairly regular guest spot in the Spider-Man books. Especially during, like, the... The mid to late 90s. Well, he did first appear in Spider-Man. Yes. Number 129, for those yes. of you who are uh, curious. Do you know who created the Punisher? John Romita Sr. And? Jerry Conway. Correct. Yes. So, yeah, first appeared in Amazing Spider-Man 129 in 1974. Uh, this character actually went has gone through a couple of interesting metamorphoses, because after that first appearance in a very Marvel comic book comic book type thing yeah he went into from what i understand he went into like his own not so much comic book but magazine well in the 70s black and white and really like marvel see marvel used to do stuff like that they had you know the comics which were largely kid centric i don't like to say kid centric but they were they were aimed at kids older kids were into them too because marvel was way more edgy yeah and these and we're talking you know shades of there's this these are these are degree these are what, what am i trying to say these are uh matters of degree really here but marvel you know comics were, were, were for kids but marvel comics were a little edgier than dc comics a little headier than yeah. dc comics of the of the 60s and 70s for sure um dr strange and whatnot like yep. marvel got kind of psychedelic and you know mm-hmm. marvel but, was had their finger on the pulse of youth culture yes. much more than DC. Correct. So the Punisher was a little edgy, a little too edgy for yeah. the kids. So in the 70s, Marvel had like the epic stuff and they had, and they, and they had magazines they had like you know, Tomb of Dracula and yeah. like, mm-hmm. you know, they had and these magazines, they, you know, they some of these magazines had like they were targeted more at adults, literally like adult comics. Not not like gratuitous or anything, but like they were way more edgy than the comic books that were, they were putting out, uh, like Spider Man and, and all that stuff. So the Punisher, yes, was one of those characters that got original magazine content. Like he had original stories in the black and white Marvel magazines and, and things like that. Until the mid eighties rolled around and the cult, the, the climate was right, yeah. and that's when he got his first miniseries, four issue mini, uh, solicited originally and on the cover of the first. Uh, four issues as one of four, two of four. Guess what? Fifth issue. <laughs> Fifth issue was added. Just uh, just kept going. Yep. I have that series, by the way. Did you find? I knew oh, you were yes. looking for. A oh for a yes, while. and oh man, that Mike Zek art. Ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love that Mike Zek art. So the eighties were a fertile time for the Punisher being the character that we know him as today. But then. The Nineties rolled around and things kind of got a little softer. Okay, well here's the deal. <laughs> Rubber bullets. Is that that happened? Yeah. Okay. Well, here's what it, well here's what happened first. We basically reached peak Punisher. So the character became super popular, and as a result, in, in the eighties there was that whole grim and grittyification of comics yeah. as a whole. Dark Knight Returns, Watchmen. And then everyone kind of copied. Yep. They, they they didn't realize the substance of those books. They just knew that it was darker and edgier. So yeah. we're just going to do that. So everyone got armor. Everyone was tortured. Everyone was, was grim and gritty, Wolverine. 
But but so again, before I throw Wolvie under the bus, Wolvie was part of the movement too. Here was a character that was kind of grimy. He wasn't yeah. squeaky clean. So he rose. His popularity rose big time in the eighties. Likewise, the Punisher's popularity rose in the eighties into the nineties when the, the industry boom happened and here we, you had these characters that have been building and building and what happens when that happens? Well, they cross over into everything. Yep. So the Punisher and Wolverine were showing up in every title every month just yep. to get a sales bump on a book. It was kind of annoying. So we reached peak Punisher. I if, think I remember, one- if I remember correctly in the 90s, if you got a number one issue, uh, your your guest star was Spider-Man. Yes, and then issues two and three, you probably had like Punisher or Wolverine. Yeah, show. that's about right. Um, Punisher had like three titles at one point, going at, at once. Standard title, War Journal, War Zone, and War Zone. Yeah, and War Zone had the, the John Romita Jr. art, which was really good, really good artwork. Yeah. Um. So basically, we just we got oversaturated with the Punisher, and there's yeah. really only so much you can say with. The Punisher, much less three times a month. Yeah. So he petered out. Yep. Got bored. Got yeah. boring. People got sick of him. Even he was one of the first Marvel characters to have his own quote unquote theatrical film. He I, was in the late eighties. We'll definitely get to the films in a little bit. Yeah. Uh but um but yeah, then kind of the crash, the 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 market crashed the comic book market late 90s late 90s early 2000s and then after like maybe a couple of years or so we get what what many say is the definitive punisher I'm glad that you're just glossing over the really bad parts of his history. We don't necessarily do, have to. Do we want to talk about Punisher no. the Spiritual no. Avenger? Nope. Uh, Frankencastle? Nope. Well, uh, that's more recent. Thanks, Rick Remender. No, I don't want to talk. You know what? I don't want to talk about that stuff. Yeah. At all. Because it's, it's, it's bad. Not, yeah. You don't need to know about really it. Really bad. Um, but it did lead to the glory days. Yes. Which because was they, Punisher Max series. Well, it's before that even. Let's, let's, go, let's go to the, the real revival. Uh, that would be the Welcome Back Frank series by Garth Ennis, and I can't believe I have to say this, but the late Steve Dillon. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Um, yeah. Prior to that series, dude, uh, there was a Marvel Knight series that we will not talk about. Um, was that the Spiritual Avengers yeah. series? Yeah. Yeah. Punisher was killing demons with spiritual guns. The Punisher was an avenging angel with yeah. spiritual guns. It was really stupid. So, Joe Quesada had the uh, foresight and the knowledge to say, uh, you know what, um, these guys doing Preacher, this this Garth Ennis and this Steve Dillon, they're really good. Uh, let's get them over here at Marvel Knights, yeah. and here's the Punisher, do something with them. Go back to basics. They brought them back to basics, and they revamped them as... As, as awesome as he ever was. Took him out of the Marvel Universe proper. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. The Welcome Back Frank series was still in the Marvel Universe. In fact, um, a scene that we're going to talk about when we start getting into Daredevil Season 2, when he's got Daredevil chained up on the roof and the whole... Oh, God. Uh, that's straight out of uh, Welcome Back Frank. That scene did not appear in a Daredevil comic book. That scene appeared in the uh, Punisher Welcome Back Frank storyline. I'm I'm not going to lie to you. When we get to that episode, our entire conversation is probably going to revolve around that scene. Okay. 
Good. I'll br- we'll break the comic out. We'll do a little compare and contrast. We'll do the whole nine. Um, so the Punisher was back because that series was a success and it was great. A little streak of black comedy in it too, which was a Garth Ennis kind of trait at the time. Yeah. But because he was still in the Marvel Universe, um, there was only so much Garth Ennis could do with him in a way. Yeah. So following the, the Welcome Back Frank series, which was 12 issues, we had a 37, I, I want to say 37 issue Marvel Knights Punisher series by Garth Ennis. Some of it by Steve Dillon as well, some other artists as well, yep. which was played up way more for black comedy than it was for serious action. Yeah, and this is the one that took him out of the Marvel Again, not universe. yet. Dang it. <laughs> but I thought the whole Max series was... That we're, not, we're not at Max yet. We're still in Marvel Knights territory. Oh, we're building up to it because basically... Let me, let me break it down for you. Once Garth Ennis enters the Punisher's history with Welcome Back, Frank... This is basically the definitive take on the character. He makes the character his, in a way. In a way that it's, it's really hard for other people to kind of do stuff with the Punisher now. It, to me, anyway, as a reader. So, the Marvel Knights series comes out. And it's okay. It's good. It's good. I'm not crapping on it. Yeah. But it's more black It's more black humor and it's more gallows humor kind of stuff. As opposed to like what we're going to get talk about in a minute. And it, again, is, is still in the Marvel Universe. Garth Ennis has no time for superheroes. He does not like them. He doesn't care about them. He he plays them for laughs. He does not. He's not into it. So the final arc of that Marvel Knight series was Spider Man, the Hulk, Wolverine, and someone else. I can't. I, remember, I don't remember exactly. But they all t- they team up to try and take on the Punisher, and the Punisher makes them all look like complete idiots. <laughs> By extension, Garth Ennis makes them all look like complete yeah. idiots. So that's how they closed out the Marvel Knights chapter. Now. Let's talk about, before we get into what Punisher became, what he had been. In comics, kids, characters don't really age in real time. They're kind of like a nebulous 20s to 30, you know, depending on the age of the character. Aunt May's been 90 forever. Yeah. Peter Parker did age to a degree. Yeah. Roughly stopped him at some point. Right. Yeah. Frank... Frank's origins are distinctly tied to Vietnam. Once you get into the early two thousands, yeah, it's even, like when, even with when he's in when he's in like mainstream Marvel, they just kind of update which war right. came out of. Like right like now, from, it's very like, now it's like it a, started out Vietnam, then it went to like Desert Storm, kinda, and now it's just like he did tours in Iraq, and you lose when you take the Punisher out of Vietnam, you lose a lot of. The subtext and the you, you lose a lot of the character. I mean, I'm not going to lie because he's very tied to that time in American culture, that time, that place, that that war. Yeah. Okay. In any case, it was time Garth Ennis wanted to do something serious with the character, like for real. Like you know, it's been fun doing the gallows humor and all that, and getting to play with my toys but i want to do something really yeah. cool with it so they announce the punisher max is coming and that's when they took him out of the marvel cinematic universe yes not the cinematic the marvel universe proper first try yes uh okay but now when they first announced all this i was a i was fully invested punisher reader 
Love the Garth Ennis series. Love Daredevil. Love Marvel Comics. Yeah. Love the universe. It's all I knew. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was probably like in my early 20s when the Marvel Max series started. So I had this all this emotional investment in what I grew up with, the Marvel Universe and the Punisher and yeah. all this. Garth Ennis comes out and interviewed and says, I'm doing the Punisher Max series. It's going to be adults only. Uh, Marvel's Max line, which was the adults line at the time. Mm-hmm. So profanities on, on, on the table, gore on the table, the whole nine. I'm taking him out of the Marvel Universe. This is not the Marvel Universe. This is just the Punisher. And he is aged in real time. He is a 60-year-old man who was in Vietnam. He has been the Punisher for 20, 30 years. He has established this is who he is. Me, as a reader, at that time, read that, and I went, no. What? 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 Yeah. What, what, what do you mean he's not in the Marvel? How's he going to cross over with Daredevil? Like, you know what? Exactly. Well, kids... I was so wrong, so very, very wrong. That is the best thing to ever happen to the Punisher. Sorry, I know he shows up in Daredevil, which we're going to be talking about, yeah, and, it's, no, no. And, I, and I love yeah. all that, yep. but dude, that Max series might as well be the final statement on the character. It's a mic drop. Yeah. I haven't read all of the Max. I've read some of the Max. I haven't read all of it, and it's great. It's fantastic. I fall on the side of the argument that I think the Punisher works best within the Marvel. Really? Because he is for Cap, Spider-Man, Daredevil, to an extent, even Logan. Yeah. Because Wolverine, despite his willingness to kill, has some sense of honor. Sure. Um, For all the other heroes, he is the mirror image oh yeah of what they could potentially become we just talked about it yeah in the last, no no, no. that's the last no, I, issue of daredevil yeah no I, I love when they do they do that and and because he is constantly there as a reminder of that i think when when you make the character work within that framework it's oh yeah no i, I hear he's you. at his best okay not to besmirch the max series at all the Max series is definitely recommended reading for those of the appropriate age yeah. and sensibilities because oh, yeah. uh, they do not hold back in the Max series no. at all. But when you say it like that, just so we're clear, like like you were saying about Logan, how it's we've seen this before, but now there's more blood. The dude bros get to see their gore. Yeah. That's not what makes the Max series great. No. no. The Max series is great because Garth Ennis is writing stories about war Men yeah. who fight wars, people who are you know, p- political fights yeah. in wars. Like, there is a lot of heavy, heavy stuff going on in the Max series that, you know, capes and stuff running around. Yep. No, it just wouldn't. That's not, just we're not interested work. in that. We're interested in a man in a war, living in a world with big power players fighting wars covertly and not so covertly. And the damage it does to them, yeah. and it's it's heavy, heavy stuff, and it's great. Yep. But that's why I think it's like such a definitive take on the character. Yeah. So we've kind of we've glossed over character's history, characters' history in comics. Let's let's talk briefly about the characters' history in movies. Yeah. There have been three Punisher films. 
the original Punisher film, which starred Dolph Lundgren and uh, Louis Gossett Jr. Louis Gossett Come Jr. on, Iron Eagle. I was gonna say your Iron Eagle boy. Never say die, Iron Eagle. Um, Kane was slated. Did it get a theatrical release? I don't think it did. Somewhere, maybe. Yeah, it, it was <laughs> for it was premiere. Made, maybe it was made for. Um, uh, with the intention of a theatrical release, but ultimately, once they finished it and showed it to Marvel, Marvel's like, no, 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 no. Which I think, and you're probably not going to agree with me here, was a mistake. Oh. Because I think the Lundgren, the Dolph Lundgren Punisher is not the worst of the Punisher movies. Okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I think the Thomas Jane Punisher is the worst. Because wow. when you think about like, I got a lot of thoughts on that. We think about there. the Dolph Lundgren. I can, go, I, I can one. go there. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. So the second one, uh, they tried again in the the early to mid two thousands. Yep, when the comic book the, boom was in full full yep. effect. Thomas Jane Punisher. Once again, a Jaws connection. Roy Scheider <laughs> was in was in this right. one. Louis Gossett Jr. from Jaws three is in the first one. Can I t- I'm looking up Punisher Warzone right now to see if we have another Jaws actor in that. Can I tell you why I think that movie is good and why it's bad? Yeah, it's not all bad. It's got some good aspects. It's got some good attributes to it. Tom Jane does a good job for what he's given. But the problem I have with that movie is tone. And here's why and it's well, it's tone and it's scope. And why is the Punisher in Miami? It doesn't yeah, the Punisher is a he's he is New York. Through and through, man. You cannot throw him in Miami or Tampa. Tampa! Tampa, Florida. Because, you know, that's where people want to see movies. Tampa. Anyway. um, No, they tried to marry his origin with Welcome Back Frank, the story I just talked about. Yeah. What did I tell you about Welcome Back Frank? Back to basics. Yep. This is the character. He is the Punisher. He kills people. Like, he's established. This is who he is. You can't marry that history to an origin story it doesn't yeah. compute they, they tried to give him too much i don't want to say too much of a backstory but they tried to make you emotionally sympathetic towards the character can i can i can i postulate to with, you with thanksgiving dinner that was interrupted by diesel well hang on can i can i throw this at you did, you, did they overcompensate in yes. that capacity yeah. punisher's origin folks for those of you who don't know is that frank castle's family was murdered um well they were caught in a mob crossfire on a on a picnic in the park yeah his his wife and his two kids dead in front yep. of him he survives he decides well the hell with that i'm going to kill everyone responsible yeah, which is a very long list. Just because basically, once the people that that did the killing were dead, he decided to go bigger. Yeah, we're going to kill everyone in the mob. If you're guilty, you're dead. Right. The move that Tom Jane movie. It's like no, no, we're going to kill his whole family. Yeah, third cousins and like okay, yeah. all right. I mean, Travolta is at his best when he's a villain, but it was a little campy. He had no motivation. It was so weak. Just weak. And, like, even, again, going back to Lundgren, Dolph Lundgren's performance as the Punisher gives you that sense of loss and just, like, the damage that does to the the emotional and... Mostly and because they, he couldn't act. He did so that. He just had to be ice cold. That, no, that's not just fair. He had to be ice cold for the whole movie. They did that without ever like even really showing what happened. Sure. 
Um, then we have the most recent one. Warzone. Punisher Warzone. Yeah. Which <sighs> went, I would say, the most comic book. But that's... but <laughs> Because it introduced Jigsaw. Sure, sure. And his... some, some of the, the kills... They're they're it's it's violent as hell and they and the thing is they here's remember everything I just said about the Mac series how it was very gritty and adult yeah. and and it had heavy subject matter they took a well they insisted that they took a lot of influence from the Mac series in Warzone no they didn't no no that's not true um, maybe they thought they were but again it comes back to that whole uh, 80s 90s effect where you got the superficial elements right of the Mac series yeah. in terms of the gore and the, and the violence. You missed out on all the subtext and all of the point. Yeah. So, having said that, Ray Stevenson, I thought was a good Punisher. Yeah, it was great. He was he, like he had, he played the damage pretty well. I didn't I didn't think Thomas Jane was necessarily a bad Punisher. Sure, uh, he might have been a, a decent Punisher in a bad film. Decent. I think Ray yeah. Stevenson's better. To be honest with you, yeah, Ray Ste- I would rank him Ray Stevenson, Dolph Lundgren, and Thomas Jane. Okay. But yeah, Warzone overall is a movie though too campy. Um, Jigsaw was over the top yeah, camp, way over the top. Uh, and uh, ultimately, yeah, that movie missed the mark. Yeah, when you hit when you hit a guy jumping from one building to another with a guided missile, yeah, yeah, it's just silly, yeah. silly. But again, not it's it's campy, but it's not bad. It's it's not. You know what I wanted all along? I wanted. Like you know how we got the Daredevil TV series, yeah. This incarnation, all along, that's what I've wanted. I wanted, I want, I've wanted a straight take on the Punisher. Just don't yeah. play it camp, no camp, no goofiness. Just give me a good take on this character. Yep. And it looks like we're finally getting it. Um, the character has also appeared in some of the recent um, Marvel anime films. Um, yeah, take them or leave them. Haven't seen them. One not thing, interested in them. One of the few things DC does better in Marvel is animated features. Um, so yeah, there's that. Uh, he made numerous appearances in the '90s Spider-Man cartoon. I remember that, but then again, it being a Saturday morning cartoon, you're not necessarily no, getting. You're not gunning people down in the streets on Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. Yeah. Um. He had a really good video game. Yeah. Oh, the PlayStation 2 yes. one that came out kind of wasn't the movie. based on the Thomas Jane Punisher. No, but he voiced it. But it was, yeah, he voiced it. Oh, man. That, that game was that legit. Game was awesome. Interrogating him. Yeah. You ever let him live? Uh-huh. You did let him live? No, time? not <laughs> often. Not often. Oh, man. That game was intense, dude. That was a good game. Yeah. That was, that was a surprise. I yes, think. it was. And as a fan of the character, I was just like, I can't believe this exists, and I can't yeah. believe it's actually decent and good. So, yeah. Um, trying to think if there's any other place. He's had a couple of video game appearances. The, the terrible NES game. The really good uh, uh, arcade game with yes. Nick Fury as the two-player. Yeah, and also he appeared in the often forgotten uh, Spider-Man beat-em-up arcade game. Oh. He was one of four players you could select. There was a Spider-Man beat up arcade game. Yes, I didn't even know about this. Yeah, you could. Uh, you could be obviously. No, it was. I think there's five. No, all right, it was four. It was Spider-Man. Yeah, Punisher. Wow. Now these next two are gonna friggin' curveball the hell out of your mind. Okay. 
Hawkeye. Sure, in a Spider-Man game. Okay. And Namor. Now I don't. Now, now you're 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 lying to me. No, I'm not. This was a thing. That was the game roster. Yes. Remember that question that that, that, that the kid asked us about about the, our dream movie. I want that. <laughs> there I, it is. Yeah. Oh, it's Spider-Man, Punisher, Hawkeye, Namor. Yeah, give me that movie. I want that. Because <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I have to know more. <laughs> so yeah. Um. But that's. I think that's pretty much covers his video game appearances. Uh. But needless to say, I think the the what we have coming up in daredevil season two is the definitive live action punisher to this point yeah yes yes i'd i have issues with it which i will talk about when we get into the show these are issues stemming from me as a longtime punisher fan um so don't i'm not crapping on it i it's great john bernthal's great I just have some particulars that, you know, I I wish were not the case. I, I'm interesting interested I, to hear what they will be. I think you'll they're not they're not off base. Put it that way. They're not they're not druisms. These are these are actual like oh okay I can see why you might not like that. Alrighty. Okay. So, well, folks, I think we've taken up enough of your time. Yeah. Another uh, another beefy episode, but we appreciate you listening. Um, come back next week where we will be starting officially, finally starting season two of daredevil. Um, I believe the first episode is entitled bang. Gee, I wonder who's going to show up (laughs) in that episode. So yeah, we're excited about doing that. Uh, we hope you come back to listen to it again. Questions, comments, suggestions. If you'd like to reach us, you can do so at the following social media outlets. You can follow us on Twitter at devil's do pod. You can go to facebook.com slash devils do pod. You can email us at the devils do pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources on our website, the devils do podcast.com. Once again, we definitely appreciate any of you who share our new episode statuses, who retweet them. We've gotten a couple more reviews on uh, iTunes. That's good. They've been positive reviews. Keep Thank them you coming. very much Thank for those you. of you who did that. Um, so please help us get the word out about the show. Any last thoughts, sure? Uh, I have Hyrule to save, so uh, let's wrap this. Let's wrap this baby up. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen. Again, thank you. Court is.